Each episode, we bring you B2B leaders to learn about their successes, fouls, and what's working for them in the market. If you enjoy the show, please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify and share this podcast with a friend. That's enough from me. Let's dive right in. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode. I'm Shaheen Hoda with X-Growth, and today I'm talking to Samyajit Day, Global Head for Digital Experience Optimization at ThoughtWorks about how marketing leaders can eliminate regional silos and have the whole organization across multiple geographies on the same page and pretty much have no issue with silos. On that note, let's dive in. Samyajit, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, Shahin. Thanks for this opportunity. No, absolute pleasure. I mean, I'm, I'm super excited to talk about this because I think um, organizations, when they get bigger, uh, pretty much the moment they introduce a new geography, they start to experience and go through silos where one department or one marketing team in APAC doesn't really know what's happening with EMEA. And they start to implement certain things in certain locations and the department within itself starts to drift apart whether EMEA is doing one thing you North America is doing something APAC is doing another thing and even even within regions in APAC Singapore is doing something and and ANZ is doing something else so I think it's a really important component and I want to gauge what what do you think are the main reasons organizations end up with regional silos? Sure, Shine, that's a great question. And what you mentioned is so true. And we see that everywhere, like, you know, in all the geographies at all point in time, right? So there are, in my mind, there are a few reasons why this, ha- this happens. Uh, you know, and I'll just kind of you know, probably talk through a little bit more. So one is I can think of is a short term goal versus a long term vision. And typically the regional teams, they tend to navigate towards the short term business goals and tactical execution to generate the demand for the business. So their requirement of uh, generating demand, uh, meeting the business goals, it leads them to sometimes adopt certain ways and practices which might be not longer term vision, but keeping the shorter term in mind, like the quick execution part of it. Then the market dynamics in each region also varies. And that is that is understandable. Like, you know, how an APAC works versus how probably a North America works might be very different. And the local nuances in this market, uh, like, you know, make the regional teams deviate from a standardized approaches or process a lot of times. So, for example, if an organization is coming up with some sort of guidelines, the regional teams may feel the pinch because it might not be relevant for their regional markets the way they wanted the business to run right data and technology silos also are another reasons for regional uh, silos to happen because oftentimes the way data technology and processes are managed there is a lack of standardized approach this leads to the regional teams coming up with steps and processes that don't really align to the organization as a whole Cultural differences at times also are reasons why regional teams ends up in silos. So, so these are few of the reasons which typically the regional marketeers they face or the regional teams they face in uh, uh, coming up with most of the silos is what I have observed personally working across different organizations and across different teams as well. So I just thought I'd, I'd share that with you. Yeah. 
Got it. I mean, I, I completely get those four points and, and they're very clear. I mean, the data component is a very great example. I know everyone talks about data and everyone's like, oh, data is really important. But really, there's a really hard challenge where um, certain providers are not available in APAC, for example. I mean, we, we experience this all the time. Uh, there are data providers that this, the, the data that they provide is the source of certain things that you do in your marketing activity. And that data just is not there for, you know, a, for example, Singapore or Malaysia or, you know, uh, some of those other regions. Now, I know at ThoughtWorks, one of the things that you and the team have done is to set up a center of excellence in order to combat this. And, and, and uh, one of the initiatives is to combat this. How does a center of excellence play into all of this? How does that work? Sure. Uh See, the center of excellence obviously has a very key role or rather roles to play in this overall scheme of things. So few of them are like, for example, standardization and streamlining of processes and operations, right? A COE typically brings in the efficiency of having specialized resources who are able to deliver with excellence and scale. And that's the larger intent of having a COE. So at ThoughtWorks, we have developed a COE in a, in, a, in a model, in a way, where we have the specialized resources, the teams, and the capabilities to deliver with scale and excellence. For example, in a marketing world like us, we play a critical role in defining the best practices, outlining the strategy, creating frameworks, and most importantly, operationalize it by executing the campaigns, keeping these frameworks in mind. So at ThoughtWorks, this is the principle we have adopted. And this has started to help the regional teams plug and play to their strengths following the framework and yet keep the local flavors intact. So a COE plays the role of a consultant and advisor, and uh, it, it comes up with standardization and you know processes that relates to the marketing execution. And this overall helps to streamline the way marketing is done. So that's the approach we have taken in ThoughtWorks. Interesting. Interesting. You you, you mentioned skills, right? Mm-hmm. I, I want to get into understanding how far does the input of the center of excellence go and where does it stop for region for, for different regions. But before before getting in there, I'd love to kind of unpack the the, the COE that you mentioned. And you said, you know, there are certain skills that need to be there. Mm-hmm. What are some of the skills that are really crucial for having a you know really effective uh, COE? So I would say uh, digital operations, your overall automation, our marketing technology that is Martech strategy, your digital analytics, and also uh, your campaign excellence. So the objective is to have a user experience in mind as the first principle like how do we talk to the users how do we communicate to the users and what does the user experience when they interact with us so if this is the end goal then you step backwards and work towards having a digital operations team which specializes in martech which specializes in crm which which specializes in tools and platforms then you have the digital analytics team which like you know specializes in analytics reporting and insights then you have the CMS team, which helps uh, in terms of the coming up with the overall strategy for the web experience uh, uh, for, for the users. And of course, you have the, the digital campaign um, excellence team, 
which typically focuses on uh, extending the digital experience to the users and the end users per se uh, when when they start interacting with our advertising when they start interacting with our platforms etc so these are the different skill sets that is important for a coe to have and we at thoughtworks we have them Got it. So, so tell me if I got that right. So there's a, there's a marketing ops component that is really important, the operational piece of having that, that talent there. I got, um, there's a digital piece. So the advertising component, everything that goes in there. And the last piece that I have is, is campaign design and campaign. I think you call it campaign excellence, which I, I, I like that. I like that phrase. Um, those are the three areas. And also the, the CMS, Shaheen. Uh, the CMS typically is the content management system, which is primarily our website experience. So uh, because every you know, end point or in a campaign or in an experience, I think CMS plays a very important role because that is where users would come and engage and read more content about, about ThoughtWorks, right? So the CMS team, uh, is also a very critical component of the COE because that brings to life the actual interaction or where the content is hosted or how the users kind of you know, engage. So that's the web, right? So we treat the web thoughtworks.com as, let's say, for lack of any other, like in a better word, we might call it the temple or the Bible, right? Where users would come and like you know, engage with the different content. So that's an important component as well. What are some of the challenges that you faced? putting this team together? I think when we started this journey, like in a couple of years back, it was all very new. The teams were trying to adjust, the teams were trying to find their feet in terms of the new way of working in the marketing. So a lot of challenges are around coaching and enabling the teams, making sure that the processes and documentations are in place. And every time we come up with some initiative or some new ways of working, we ensured that like we need to have a documentation which is easily accessible, which is snackable and easy for the teams to understand. Uh, there, as, as you know, with any change management, there is always uh, like, you know, the initial niggles that the teams would have. And, and, and so was with us as well. Uh, there were questions around the, the logic of approaching this. There were questions around how do we execute? There were questions around the benefits and the pros and cons. But then we, uh, through the process of like, you know, uh, consulta consultative, like, you know, coaching, enabling the regional teams, ensuring that, like, you know, we had proper documentations in place, etc. We kind of, you know, over overcome these challenges. Mm, got it. So, Majid, where do you draw the line? Where do you stop? Because I would imagine that you get a lot of pushback from your regional team where they're like, you know, I mean, these are some of the phrases that or things that I've heard. I'm not saying it's necessarily from ThoughtWorks, but uh, from other organizations where the regional team is like, oh my God, HQ doesn't get us. Like they don't understand what's going on here. And then I have to adhere to these things. And, you know, yada, yada, yada. The, 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 the challenge or the complaint in a lot of situation is that, you know, I've given this template, I don't have room to play, and I just don't think it's going to work for my for my market. Um, has that been a challenge that maybe in the early days you and the team faced? Where do you kind of draw that line to give flexibility to the regional team and rigidity from, or or not rigidity, but but structure from the uh, center of excellence? 
Now, that's a great question, Shaheen. And, and like you know, and I totally relate to the pain points of the uh, the regional teams uh, from various organizations because it's true. The center of the work and or the job of the center of excellence is not only to create a template and a process and a guideline and then roll it out. The important aspect is how do you really and truly partner with the regional teams, right? And I think that is the essence which a lot of the folks in the center of excellence teams in various organizations, they miss. They think that a set, the role of a center of excellence is primarily to create templates, primarily to create guidelines, and then leave it to the regional teams to adopt. But it doesn't work that way. I think at ThoughtWorks, the approach we took is a very collaborative approach and that also goes a long way because of the culture of ThoughtWorks overall. I mean, even before Center of Excellence or Marketing, I think in general, ThoughtWorks as an organization, uh, like in a collaboration and pairing is, is considered to be something which is really, really critical to our culture overall as an organization. So that also probably helped us to execute this much better than probably many other organizations would have done. What we do is once we come up with a framework, once we have that in place, we ensure we get every stakeholder buy-in at the very beginning itself. So our frameworks are designed not necessarily based only on the inputs from the COE team, but we also take in the inputs from the regional teams, participate in a workshop, participate in discussions, and then come up with the framework. And once the framework is ready, how do we typically distribute that? So we have our various like you know communications tool through which we kind of you know distribute this. We have our different uh, coaching sessions. We have our diff different mentoring sessions. We have our different training sessions through which we kind of you know, enable. And a lot of us in the role, uh, uh, like you know, we typically work very closely with the regional leaderships and have a cadence where we go over this week on week or month on month or bi-weekly how are the cadences right so at every step we try to ensure that we are looking at catering to the regional needs giving the regional requirements and importance and then trying to bake that in into the larger global always on kind of campaigns right while i know we still have a long way to go the journey has kind of you know, begun while we are seeing a lot of success with a lot of the regions working hand on hand in hand with all of us but of course there are certain regions where the nuances are even more uh, like in you know, a critical to understand and we are in that journey of understanding and i'm sure we'll kind of get there but in principle these are a few of the things that we do where we ensure that at the beginning we involve all the stakeholders get their buy-ins have a collective discussion to come up with the framework once we roll out the framework, we ensure we have the regular cadences to ensure that whenever uh, a campaign is planned or any digital or any marketing communications is planned, we are involved at the very beginning in the discussion so that like, you know, there is a collaboration that happens from the very beginning and we don't come in towards the later. So in that case, that allows us to help us to advise the teams much earlier in the journey. So this seems to be working well, of course. As we learn more, as we scale more, we'll obviously bring in more best practices and this will evolve. Out of the four areas that you talked about, you talk, we talked about CMS, we talked about ops, digital, and campaign excellence. Are there certain areas that you feel there is a need for further buy-in, for further communication? You know, it requires a lot more collaboration with the regional team than some of the other ones? 
Yeah, so I think uh, analytics and insights is one of them because it all boils down to data and how we manage data, how we interpret data and how we uh, ultimately start drawing that insights which has a business impact. So I think that is one area which definitely needs a lot of more collaboration, a lot of more working hand in hand in terms of understanding like you know what's happening with the data what are we doing uh, what are we looking at and how do we want to scale up in the future so that's one area i would say we need much more collaboration than what we do right now got it got it okay you know you talked about there are certain regions that you've experienced that there is more work required for that region than some of the other ones and you know that's that doesn't necessarily reflect on a person in the team but it's more likely the geography you know things are very different how business is done in japan versus australia versus india versus you know um middle east what are some of the regions that you see there is it, it, it needs more attention and there is going to be there is further um customization for that for that region does anything come to mind yeah yeah sure see thoughtworks we are present in multiple geographies and which is english and non-english speaking geographies included right so i see a lot of potential specifically for the non-english speaking geographies for example the latin countries like brazil or uh, even uh, like in you know, Southeast Asian countries like Vietnam, your Thailand, etc. Right. Also, in the European Union, there are local regional teams that is Italy, Spain, Germany. They all have the Netherlands. They all have the regional uh, nuances, which is very much specific to the geography. So I see there is a lot of scope and potential where we can collaborate more with these regional teams. Especially like, you know, uh, for example, when we have some content rolled out, it is by default English first, which is understandable. But then how do we ensure that the translated versions are part of the plan from day one itself so that the campaigns are rolled out in a truly global way? So how do we operationalize that? How do we ensure that the planning is done at the very beginning itself where uh, the translation is baked in? from day one itself, right, is, is one example I can think of, right. So also in terms of the partners, the local media partners, what might work probably for an United States or an India or an Australia might be very different in Netherlands because the local media is very different. So from an advertising point of view, how do we ensure we work closely with the local media relations team, the local business team, understand what are those media which is like an important in that region and then how do we bake that in into our overall plan same goes with brazil and other latin countries because the nuances are very different the languages spoken are very different the way the business conducted is very different and of course the user behavior is very different which is very important so how do we in improve that how do we collaborate more how do we evolve that into the next level of marketing is something where i see definitely there is a more scope of uh, like you know collaboration with this region got it the whole concept of center of excellence is very clearly something that that you and the team have been working on at ThoughtWorks for a while, and it's not something that you've recently rolled out. It's you know it's been in 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 the uh, in the makings for 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 multiple years. If you and 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 you know and it's very clear that you know you're looking at that as a solution to reduce those silos in in, in regional marketing and and bringing everyone on the same page. If you were to go back a couple of years. 
how would you do differently? How would you approach things differently? Would, would there be something that you would do differently um, to kind of start things and kick things off? Yeah, absolutely. I would probably ensure that more regional participation is present while we are coming up with the entire approaches or processes. While we do that right now, it's not that we don't do it, but, but I think that could be done better. Then ensuring that more collaboration happens and probably like, you know, workshops, that's, that's probably a face-to-face. -face. And I know that last couple of years, uh, you know, because of the pandemic, we may not have had the time to collaborate the way we would have ideally liked to do. Because earlier, like, and even before I joined the ThoughtWorks team, I, uh, I knew that like teams would meet often, they would be having workshops, they would be coming together and 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 that's how the the collaborative model at thoughtworks is to work so i think pandemic had had some disruptions but again having said that it's it's not something that no we cannot address in the future and as as things open up so i would suggest that like you know maybe we try to bring in the teams much earlier in the discussion have more workshops in place uh, get help from external analysts such as foresters and gardeners of the world to probably participate with us in that entire framework building exercises think of a longer term plan versus like you know an annual plan maybe at least have a vision for the next two three years or four years of this is how marketing is going to evolve and then break it down into like you know annual or biannual execution and priorities right so again we are doing all these things but i can say that you know, we can do this much better we can make it much more cohesive Right. So these are a few of the things I can think of how we can collaborate better or I would do differently. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Now I want to talk about budgeting, right? And how you approach budgeting for different regions, because, you know, the center of excellence for campaigns is going to design some, some certain templates and certain ways of doing things. Right. And maybe not every region will get the same budget. Um, I'm sure the budget for, um, you know, M Malaysia might be less than, than uh, Australia and New Zealand just because of the sheer of potential business that could be generated from there. Obviously, it's, it's purely looking at the, the size of the, the market. How do you approach regional budgeting so that, you know, you don't bump into those challenges? So we provide a lot of autonomy to the regional teams in terms of when it comes to the budget. Because we strongly believe that uh, the regional nuances or the regional requirements for uh, the business is very critical and no better than the regional teams to probably highlight that and, and work collaboratively with the central team. So that's a, that's a flexibility and uh, autonomy that the regional teams have. Having said that, the COE also looks at budgeting at a central level in collaboration, of course, with the regional teams. The primary reason for that is because if you have a centralized budget, it helps in determining the appropriate media buy at economies of scale, right? For example, you talked about Malaysia, like while Malaysia might have a lower pie of budget, but if you have a visibility towards the business plan, if you have a visibility towards the goals and, and what we would want to achieve as a business in Malaysia, and how can you support from the central team if you have that early visibility from the local team, then even from the central media buying, 
you can allocate certain proportion which is much at an economies of scale because when you do that media buying at a central level it becomes much more easy that's one secondly we at thoughtworks we collaborate very closely with the regional teams in understanding what could be the local media requirement yes there could be a certain region which has less budget obviously because of the business regions but even within that budget is there a possibility that business tops up the central budget to some extent by x percentage or is it that the local budget is going to be utilized primarily on the local channels for the region versus the global budget or the central budget is used for more of the global platforms which has a presence in those markets so these are the various permutation combinations and uh, like you know weighing we weigh in these factors before we kind of you know consider like you know what kind of you know budget we typically goes in but in short the combination is we have a central pool of budget which is allocated in a certain percentage wise based on the business impact for this regions then we work very closely with the regional teams to ensure there is a top up budget of that region so that the global and region are aligned and then there is a x amount of budget and a sizable budget that goes for for advertising in those markets that's typically how we break break it up got it got it and it also takes input from the business case that the regional teams put forward and um there's a bit of flexibility from that side yeah. as well yeah um, got it absolutely okay absolutely and this is very true for regions that are no that function in very different way than probably the uh, like no few of the top economies that you know we have right for example the way the media would operate in a brazil is very different from the way the media would operate in a us or a uk right so then it's important to understand that even if there are global players present in those markets how much of an impact will they have on the local business what is that uh, like an amount in terms of the dollars or the conversion which helps us to get that media media going and these are discussions you have with the regional stakeholders the heads of marketing the business and try and understand where you can make the maximum impact and smartly collaborate i think that's the key got it okay before we go into into rapid fire questions i got one thing one other thing that i want to cover with you and that's around your advice for for organizations and marketing leaders who are like okay cool i get the point of center of excellence right and i want to set one up for our organization now from everything that we talked about and 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 my own personal experience as well it is not a small task to uh to do this what's your advice for somebody who's like you know a marketing leader who's like okay we're going to set up a center of excellence where should they start what should they think about at the beginning so that they don't get overwhelmed by the 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 um the the scale of work that's going to go into this yeah sure so i think uh in my mind and i can just talk about like you know my own uh experience or what i think Uh, having seen uh, uh, like in the center of excellence in few of the organizations i have worked i think as a marketing leader if you want to set up a center of excellence the first thing you should keep in mind is what are the overall organization goals and how do how does the regional teams or the various geographies like you know tying to those goals i think understanding that as a starting point is important and then even before you think of doing xyz of setting up a center of excellence by doing 
A, B, C, setting up certain teams, etc. Try and understand from the regional teams what is their requirement, what is the what is that will benefit them if a center of excellence is actually set up? What are the, those actual requirements? If you get a requirement analysis done and then work backwards to set up a center of excellence team, I think that is a good start. I have seen in a lot of organizations and not ThoughtWorks, uh, uh, but but few of the uh, like you know, other organizations I have kind of worked in the past, where the marketing leaders when they were planning of setting up a central of you know center of excellence team they went ahead a lot with the theoretical aspect of why a coe team should be existing but not looking into the practical realities of setting these operations up or how does that impact so when i say theory i mean oh yes i need to set up a central excellence team because it does xyz and that helps to scale but how do you typically operationalize that how do you get it in the market how do you put it in practice i think that's important so as a marketing leader is while while having a strategy is important but one should also have a very clear understanding on how you would take that into the market. What could be the possibilities if you are working with five different teams? What are their requirements? How do you address them? What kind of business scale would you look at? And, and, and all these factors evaluated together is where you decide how you would want to set up a central of excellence team. And of course, goes without saying the the right kind of you know the headcount the right kind of capability building right kind of streamlining and alignment so building those individual streams of work which will help to actually uh, ease out the pain i think these are things which will anyways come in by default but in my mind the one of the most important critical aspect would be to understand the requirements from the regions and then mapping it back to the larger center of excellence because then you have a head start got it love it Let's do some rapid fire questions. So the first thing I want to ask you is, uh, Samir Jade, what is one resource that has fundamentally changed the way you work or you live? And this could, this could be a book, it could be a podcast, it could be a blog, it could be a conversation you've had, an advice that you got from someone, but what comes to mind? You know, honestly, I am not into big time book reading, <laughs> you know, however, I uh, do read articles on business economics and current affairs because that's one of my passion. And I um, also watch various uh, like you know, television shows that talks about business. I'm an avid listener of the CNN podcasts on topics related to business technology, etc. And in general, I have a very open mind in terms of whatever I come across as something really interesting, be it like, you know, if I am browsing my social or be, be browsing uh, like, you know, some sort of a, a content or listening to some sort of a shows or in television, I am kind of open. So I don't have anything very specific as such, which really like, you know, fundamentally change the way you uh, like, you know, I kind of you know, work or live, but it, I, I would say it's a combination. But having said that, I must say that when I was growing up, there were two major influences like, you know, I had in my life and, and because of which, like, you know, I took up uh, studying economics and one was like our finance minister in India at that point in time in 1991, like, you know, Mr. Manmohan Singh, who is an economist himself. And he ensured that, like, you know, we get into the economic liberalization in terms of the open economy. So that really inspired me to think the big picture you know, as a, as a, as a student. And then I studied economics. I, I love the subject. I came into marketing completely by like, you know, uh, default. I had no plans of marketing, but I kind of came into it, but that kind of, you know, gave me a good, like, you know, insight and made me think 
that like you know how should one think big how should one think of economies of scale etc i think those concepts came in at an early stage in which i started to apply more uh, in my life as i kind of you know grew and i'm growing right so yeah so if you if you if you ask me that could be one major impact but in general nothing very specific i am kind of quite a bit listening to various like in you know, a podcasts or reading etc uh, etc et i love it if you could give one advice to b2b marketers what would it be i would say focus on building your brand the demand will follow you know often times we as marketers and sales people we tend to focus on demand driven marketing which by the way is very important i do not deny that because that ultimately helps to build the pipeline but we forget to ask the questions as to why should a client consider us over others in the market what is the value proposition we bring in as an organization as a brand overall right so i think brand marketing in a b2b is very important not only in b2b i think in marketing it is overall very important but more so in b2b because b2b is something which is a long term proposition it's not like an e-commerce you go buy swipe the credit card and walk on so i think b2b is all about relationship building b2b is about a lot of thought leadership b2b is about like you know really making a, a change for the society so a lot of like an aspect go into b2b marketing and especially technology b2b marketing with all the technology evolving and emerging tech that's coming through the the world's changing right so i think building a brand as an organization is very very critical and a lot of times marketers we forget in the rush to do demand gen marketing so my strong piece of advice would be like in you know, a while demand gen is important and it will follow but build the brand the rest will follow of it question number 3 who are some of the influencers that you follow in the space the influencers that i follow are need not be uh, in the marketing and sales in space but however space. they definitely have a lot of like you know influence in general how marketing and sales is done overall and 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 i'll probably give a few name right and then probably like you will be able to relate you know to start with laszlo block former chro of google right the way he set up the entire organization in keeping the people first in mind in my mind is nothing but a great example of how uh, like you know uh, uh, an operations or uh, is done or how how things are carried out so in marketing if you borrow those best practices you can definitely improve uh, like you know uh, the way like you, know, you operate in marketing so laszlo block is somebody who i follow um, our own prime minister mr narendra modi the prime minister of india right i think he has not had any formal edu- education in marketing but the way he manages the country of billions of you know the strength of billions of people the way he is a visionary the way he wants to ensure that the communication is there in front of the audiences at the right point in time is in my mind one of the best examples of marketing i can think of everything like you know that we have seen how our country has grown in the leadership is something which i feel is a very good example of marketing right so that's that's another mike bloomberg and we all we are all extremely familiar with like you know who he is so the way he's built this empire the the visionary or the predictions or the analysis which he has over the years uh shared with us and how we have all benefited i think i think that's a great inspiration story and not worst in the least since i'm a big fan of like you know, sports and i love cricket uh, like you know i think one of my ideal is saurav ganguly who is the president of in a you know cricket board of india currently so he's an inspiration in terms of like you know how you organize how you 
arrange how you arrange the the one of the biggest uh, like you know, tournaments even during like the pandemic like you know, which is the IPL uh, the Indian Premier League and how do you typically ensure that you know you have the advertising you have the the business going you have the different operational aspects etc so as a leadership as a like an as a person who is leading these is is an inspiration for me right so i i kind of you know really follow certain like you know nuances of or certain examples of like you know uh, how how he how he leads the team or how he has done it in the past and is doing it right now right so yeah so these are a few of the examples as i said not related to marketing sets at all but they definitely have a, a strong influence and go a long way in uh, like you know making you think making you think something different making you think out of the box in most of the cases and lead by example i love it i love it i think uh those are those are awesome examples and and you said that you know like some of the best learnings come from outside of the uh the 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 industry last question last question that i want to ask you is what is something that excites you about b2b today yeah about today specifically i would say the focus on customer experience is really at its high i think i think we all talk about customer experience we talk about like the user journey ensuring that there's a long increasing customer lifetime value that is created i think i think this is the biggest discussion or the vibe that that you get when you talk about b2b today and it has evolved along in 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 the past, past few decades right so yeah i love the way multiple uh, you know b2b exchanges or marketplaces that has come up that provides opportunities to automate collaborate and you know minimize and uh, be your business costs etc and this is all based on the focus on customer experience and ensuring that there is the the, the experience is, is is given the priority versus like you know anything anything else that that typically b2b like you know uh, traditional b2b used to be maybe a couple of uh, you know you know couple of decades back so yeah so customer experience is something which is really exciting about b2b today so mujit this has been a awesome conversation and and something that i think a lot of our listeners going to take a lot away from so i just want to say thank you again for for jumping on and sharing all your insights and and all the uh, all the golden nuggets that you you have shared thank you so much Thank you thank you Shahin I think it was a pleasure talking with you and thank you for providing me this opportunity to you know go through these different points and have a discussion and I thoroughly enjoyed the the questions and the the candid conversations we had and I think you know it's it's really important uh, when we are having conversations one is able to be candid enough to have these discussions and I'm 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 sure I'm looking forward to like you know probably like in having more interactions with you in the future and yeah yeah thank you thank you so much for having me here and inviting me to this absolutely a uh, pleasure is all 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 mine and definitely looking forward to it thank you shahin thank you so much this episode of growth colony was produced by alexander hipwell it was edited by dave samito with additional editing and music arrangement also by alexander hipwell special thanks to tina wabe and rod hoder we couldn't make this show without you the show is hosted by Shaheen Hoda. If you enjoyed the episode, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify. And maybe even share the pod with a friend if you loved it that much. Thanks again for all the support and looking forward to seeing you again in the next one.